Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Mercury, a broadcast of hope. I'm Max O'Brien with Dr. Rosalind Clark and Agnes Drew, and it's day 1,239 since we came back on the air. For formality's sake, I will ask if either of you has anything you need to share before we get to the surprise I got last night. When you put it that way, Max. No, Max, I don't think we do. Go ahead. I'm interested as well. And it'll be nice to change from all the conversations we've had about Cashew lately. So, listeners, you may remember a few days ago we discussed where I did a lot of running around and horse trading and such for our resident artist, William. William was having a hard time communicating with a guy named Ed Miner who had dyes, medicine, and such to trade. In short, I spent most of the morning and into the afternoon running around like I was on some sort of computer game quest, collecting and trading things. I finally got the dyes that William wanted, and I was a little put out. Max, be honest. You were downright upset and frustrated. Okay, that's fair. I was upset at William because he seemed upset at me, and I didn't know why after all the work I'd done. I know we're not exactly friends, but I figured when he came to me, maybe this was our moment. I was just confused. Yes, you were, and we talked about it on the air, and at dinner, and even the next day some. What can I say? It left an impression. Regardless, I think I know what William's issue was, because last night I received a gift. Or, rather, I received his trade. At least I'm going to assume that that's what it is. Um, It's a set of wind chimes, about three and a half feet long and about two feet wide. It has three concentric circles, not quite a spiral... And they are a variety of materials. Hmm, yes. I wonder if they make a specific sound or tune, if the wind blows in just the right way. I don't think so. I tapped them, and while they all have a tone, they're not particularly... I don't know. They don't sound great or unique. Maybe you can... Uh... Uh, The mix of materials for each chime doesn't seem to make sense. Icy, wood, bamboo, aluminum? I'm just going to say it. This is a weird gift. My first thought was maybe he just had it laying around and decided to give it to you because he didn't need it. Like he knows I'm really into sound? Sure, maybe. But how would William know that? Oh, I have no doubt that William knows Max is really into sound. That sort of makes the two of them opposites. William is deaf, but a very talented artist who is intelligent, creative, and independent, while Max is into sound. And? And? Oh, I mean, you are talented also in your own way. Gee. Thanks. <laughs> oh, Max, you are creative and intelligent also. But I do think that that may be why you and William have such a hard time getting along. Your whole world is sound. That is a world William can't explore. And the fact that he can't interact with your world sets up barriers. Oh, haha. listen... I'm going to confess something. I know William is very smart and very talented. I sort of thought of him as a zombie-era da Vinci. But I've always felt sorry for him. I mean, every time I think about him or see him, I can't help but pity him. He'll never enjoy an entire medium. That's like never knowing... uh, Like never knowing the sky. Only even more. All his art and all his craftiness, and he can't enjoy the sounds of the night or the morning. 
He can fish, but can't enjoy the sound of the ocean or wind. I, I think I might go crazy if I could feel the wind on my face but not know what it sounded like. Max, I think you just explained your problem. What do you mean? Dr. Clark is right. I think it's your pity that is causing the problem. And I think William knows or at least senses it. Exactly. When we first met William, or rather, when he first introduced himself, we all agreed that he was a very independent and determined person. That he wanted to make sure that he wasn't treated any differently. Or more importantly, that he wasn't treated lesser. I don't treat him as less of a person. Wait, do I treat him that way? I suspect we all do, or have at some point. We've talked about unconscious bias before. When someone is not like us and we don't interact with them on a daily basis, there are so many things we can do that might be taken differently than we intend or even realize. As a female scientist, it happened to me all the time in college. Now that I think about it, I can really empathize with how William must feel. Except that people can point to his difference and justify it in their minds why they should treat him differently. I... I, I, I don't even, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, you're right. I could have been doing all sorts of things wrong or mean. Oh, no, Max, do not go down that road. We make a mistake. We learn from it. Seriously, I know that tone. You will beat yourself up for honest and even innocent mistakes. Not only is that not healthy, it doesn't fix the problem. You're right. Uh, I am? We've been close friends for years now. When you guys tell me something, I take it seriously. You've helped me realize a lot about myself. We all have a stubborn streak. But I trust you guys enough to listen to your feedback, especially about me. But I don't want to focus on me right now. What can I do to make things better with William? I think that is the wrong way to think about it. Yes, we have a bias when it comes to William, just like we would for anyone with a disability. You can, and probably should, address it with him directly. But don't make it worse by tiptoeing around him. If he wants to be treated normally, then we practice doing just that. We still need to be aware of his needs. That's hard to do when he won't really open up. I know, and totally agree. It also explains why he acted this way from the start. It's hard to know how people will treat you and if they can ever treat you the way you want with such a communication barrier. I imagine he also doesn't want people responding out of pure guilt. I still don't get this gift, though. I guess I'll put it away, or maybe I can take the pieces and use them... Max! Wait! Hang it back up again. Okay. Dr. Clark, squeeze by me and take a look. Okay, Agnes, I'm not sure. Wait. Oh, wow, I see it. Will you two tell me what's going on? Max, he has carved your likeness into the chimes. It's like a 3D image of you. It's amazing. He's literally put you, Max, into sound. Are you for real? There is no mistaking that. You have to look at it from this side. But that is your face. 
I mean, it really looks like you. You know, I would say that is the perfect representation of Max. Okay, now I have to see this. Let's sign off. We are way over anyway. Uh, for Mercury, a broadcast of hope, this has been Max O'Brien, Dr. Rosalind Clark, and Agnes Drew. Take care of each other.